just two local guys with so much to say. So listen to the real estate brothers today. All right, we're live. Now, this is the May 5th Cinco de Mayo version of the uh, monthly market update where Dean and myself go over some Hawaii statistics, some things that are impacting Hawaii investors, and also some national and mainland news. So if you guys want to interact with us on the Cinco de Mayo, I don't know what day it is today. Type it into the comments. If not, here we go. We just do local guys with so much to say. So listen to the Red Brothers today. We post all these uh, old videos at arialoha.com slash videos dash article. Yeah. So, yeah, hopefully everyone's not drinking their tequila or opening their boys' day presents today. But, yeah, I'm Dean Ued, as you folks hopefully know by now. You can find me at youtube.com slash real estate of Hawaii for my YouTube channel. Also various other social media platforms like Facebook. And without further ado, let's jump into... So unfortunately, some people might say good, some others bad. We don't have any records broken for the month of April. Boring compared to these last few months. So again, the statistics from the Holland Board of Realtors will be coming out tomorrow, six days after the end of the month. But here's some information regarding median home prices, probably going to be pretty darn close to what they report. So like I said, no records broken for the month of April. We have 1.109 million for the median single family home price, slightly down from prior month, but almost 20% from same time prior year. Same thing with condos uh, and townhouses, slightly down smidgen from prior month. I think it was 515000 in last month, but up 14% from prior year. I like to talk about month supply of inventory. Sometimes unless you dig in, the, the statistics from the HBR doesn't include these and their infograph. But I always like to talk about these because of supply and demand, right? So over the long haul, you can see this trending down for month supply of inventory. Just above one month of inventory for single family homes in one and a half months for condos. And you can see both of them are down 15 and 40% respectively from same time prior year. Days on market, another statistic we like to follow. Basically, it's the median days on market from the point in time the property is listed to the point that it goes into a contract. And relatively low for single family and condos at 11 and 12 days on market. As you can see on the graph too, that long trend, it seems to... Overall, best fit line is trending down. And I know it, you know, it went up for single family 10%, down 14%. But when you're talking about these 11 and 12 days, it's saying much, I think. Just to me, looking at the, the graph helps a little bit more in terms of versus percentage change. One thing I wanted to talk about, Lane, and it's been the topic of discussion for is like forever. Interest rates and how we're seeing them start to climb. I think Fed Chair Paul spoke yesterday and said a what is it, 50 bips they're going to do instead of 75? Definitely higher than like the traditional quarter quarter point quarter. But I think the markets are happy that it wasn't going to be uh, 75 bips. And that's why uh, the stocks rallied, I think, yesterday. Right? I don't, I'm not sure what happened today. If, if this is a screenshot of today, it bombed even more than it went up. 
bought oh, a thousand man. points. To so your first inclination is right. It should have went down, but yesterday went up. Then it went down even harder. Yes, gravity still works. It should work. So what I want to talk to you about is just uh, trying to put things in perspective. And I know Lane, you and I always discuss this in terms of people. This screenshot was, I think, a few days ago. 30-year fixed at 5.54. I think when I checked today, it was like maybe 5.62. Interesting thing is the 30-year jumbo is 4.7, which is lower than the 30-year fix. But anyway, what I wanted to get at is when you look at the graphs, again, trying to put interest rates in perspective, you look at a two-year trend and and we look at this and we've been spoiled for the last two years and we see it uh, spike up to about five percent right in the last couple months and then we take it a little bit further and say now we look at the 10-year uh, trend right so back in 2012 and we're, we see it we see some other spikes but we're still at a 10-year high compared to looking pa- back 10 years and we take it once even larger and we look at the 51 year trend and and this kind of puts things in big perspective and this is what we talked about in the past lane where it's like back in the early 80s we were at in the high teens and you look at this line and and compare where we are today where we've been in the past and it, it makes me feel like it's very it's low compared to if you go back 51 years so to the point that money is still relatively cheap is i guess my point in the grand scheme of things um I don't know. What, what do you think, Lane, about that? I, I think I should change the title of my podcast from Simple Passive Cash Flow to like Value Add Real Estate. Because Simple Passive Cash Flow to buy and hold, it, it doesn't work. Just buy, buy, hope, and pray, right? Because if you play around with that spreadsheet and, you, and you're, you change the interest rate, your cash flow severely changes. But if you're doing Value Add, it doesn't matter. That's the difference. That's a good point from that standpoint where you're not relying on interest rate risk as much for the cash flow. So like you said, I like that because I'm realizing that too, in terms of that value add play is less directly related to interest rates than buy and hold and trying to make those margins work. As always, I like to talk about the scam of the month. And so this one is interesting. We always, there's always new and improved controls to help protect us against these cyber attacks. Multi-factor authentication was something that came out to help protect us against cyber attacks and these kind of things. But now these scams are MFA prompts. So what's happening is cyber criminals are are annoying us and trying to get us to approve uh, multi-factor authentication notification. So if if they get our credentials for, for an, just one account, then they can send out re- these MFA requests and then they keep sending them out and just bugging you with the hope that you're going to just go ahead and click on it, uh, authorize it, and then that gives them permanent access to your account and any information that was relying on this MFA. So they just broke you, right? So always keep in mind, yeah, never approve a multi-factor authentication notification that you didn't request always good to create new strong passwords uh, unique ones for all of your online accounts and if you receive a notification from an account that you aren't trying to log into you get to go in and immediately make changes to that password because that has been breached yeah knock on wood that hasn't happened to me yet but uh, something to keep in mind has that in your, your experience anything like that Lee? no it's funny it's when everybody says oh don't open my email like i got hacked it's always they clicked on something or they went to a naughty website or something or they downloaded something. I don't know. It's always like the people who don't 
aren't super keen on the in hot internet works. They're the ones that get it, get hit by this. I see a bunch of those on Facebook. Like somebody's like, I've been hacked. Don't click on any messages from me. Or yeah. I've seen instances where I've gotten friend requests from somebody who I was already a Facebook friend with, and then they're like, a duplicate account and they just try to mimic it by stealing the pictures yeah it's always funny when you get those like fake profiles from some porn site or something like that and then they're just adding people and what they're doing is they're adding people so they can infiltrate like groups and stuff like um, but it's always funny to see your common friends on there who just finally approve people as friends it's embarrassing no so it's good to be uh, safe too i just pinged somebody today and i asked do you know this person because they were both he was friends with them too. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were in the same investor group. Undisclosed investor group. I I'm, I'm allowed to say it. I don't know. I've never seen a, like, a duplicate profile of me yet. I must not be big enough. Nobody cares about me. It'll be too obvious if they try to clone you, maybe. Are you a non-accredited investor looking for opportunities to invest passively? How about a newer investor looking to get a bit of a track record and confidence from your skeptic spouse? And could you use the reinforcement of monthly checks paid like clockwork? The American Homeowner Preservation Fund, or AHP, is looking to bring new investors with them. I've been investing with them since 2016, and originally, I used it as a means to pay for my regular expenses. I started with $60,000 as my initial investment, and that paid for my car payment completely for me. AHP collaborates with existing homeowners to keep them in their homes by restructuring or selling the debts, unlike their competitors that just kick their homeowners out on the streets. It's a way to make great returns while feeling good about making a social impact. After investing myself in the fund, it was awesome when owner George Newberry saw the impact our simple passive cash flow monthly crew was making approach me to become a spokesperson of the company. Invest as little as $100 by going to ahptitle.com. And if you want the free Burn Zone book, please claim it at simplepassivecashflow.com slash AHP. And if you haven't done yet, join our private investor club for more insider access. Go to simplepassivecashflow.com slash club. In other news, so I just found out talking to some lenders. So Fannie, Freddie are conforming condominium loans uh, had a change at the beginning of this year so at the beginning of in january 2022 fannie and freddie started requiring certification from a structural engineer to the safety and soundness of the buildings this is for a condo association yeah and this is all in light of the that miami condo collapse the challenge we're having in, in hawaii and on an island is that according to this lender there's only one property management company for the associations that have been addressing this in, in including putting that certification in the, the questionnaire so that the association can complete it and also get that, that engineer structural engineering certification so that it can go through Fannie Freddie loan underwriting. So what's happening is because of this lack of compliance to this recent changes, a lot of the lenders aren't able to fund or finance it unless it's a, non fanny Freddie or it has to be a portfolio loan. So the, the bank, the local banks are, that are willing to um, portfolio in these condominium loans that can't comply with Fannie and Freddie. This point being as a buyer, you should make sure, check with your lender to see your options. Sometimes you're dealing with a financial institution. It might not be as flexible. Loan brokerage, brokers might be a little bit 
more flexible from that standpoint in terms of finding your portfolio loan or even sending you to the bank, one of the local banks. On the same side as a seller, on the opposite side as a seller, when you're we're doing our due diligence to make sure that the lender can approve the loan for the underlying property that you're trying to sell. You know? Let's see, next slide again. So last, what I wanted to talk about lastly was, I don't know if you recall it, but I did a, a test or an experiment back in March. And what happened was my, my mother-in-law, she had discovered drywood termites in one of her cabinets. So down here in the bottom left, there she, she, she found some droppings, localized droppings. And she had the local exterminator come and treat it a few times and it didn't go away or the droppings kept returning. So what happened was I had purchased one of these ozone generators. Actually, the purpose of me buying the ozone generator was to get rid of some odors in a unit that I had. I think this thing was, it's less than $100. It's, it's very reasonable. I think it was like in the 50 to $60 or maybe 60 to $80 range. So it basically creates ozone. What is that? O2 is that? O3. O3, I think. It creates ozone and it has a radical oxygen molecule that, that breaks off and that helps oxidize items in the area. Right? So that's part of how it gets rid of smell. But also there was like all kinds of warnings like for this. You should definitely use it properly because it's if humans or animals or plants are around it for a long period of time, it's not good like for your lungs and for um, it'll kill plants and it'll cause irritation to lungs for humans and, and animals. So uh, beware if you're trying to use this for whatever purposes, it's to go at your own risk. Oh, that was fast. Is that the prices? I think I bought it for you. But, um, Six, it, 70 bucks. And the, it's interesting because it, it has a smell to it. It smells like chlorine. It's very, it's evident that it's on and it, it's, when I'm smelling it, it, it bothers me. So it's not like you won't know what's on and harm you, I guess is my point. To so use this like when you have a stinky house, you got to Use it for that. Use it for a stinky car, things like that. Sense that you can't like wipe everything off of because it's in some like a smoker or something you can eat. Or, or dog scent that you can't, that's everywhere and you can't just clean everything. This will help. It breaks down the smell. Yeah, so that's where I initially got it. But as I was reading up before I used it, is saying how you could, being that it bothered people so much or it bothered humans. And I was like, oh, what if? I wonder if I could use it to kill termites, dry with termites. So I tried to research it. I didn't find much, but I did find one um, obscure YouTube video. And this is top where it talks about, it was, this is it's looked like in the real podunk area, but he, he apparently got some dry wood as well as ground termites and he put them in a container. He ran the ozone machine for 15 minutes and it killed the dry wood termites in 15 minutes and the, the ground termites even quicker. So I was like, but it's worth a try being that I already had a machine. It doesn't cost too much. So I went and in March is, of this year is when I ran the machine for about two hours and my mother-in-law wasn't home. And then, so today she checked on April 29th, and she said there isn't any evidence of any new droppings, which is a good sign, but I'll also have to report back in another few months because I think she had mentioned to me that it took about six months for the for her to see the droppings to come back. But preliminarily, I just wanted to report that this potentially, this ozone machine could be a way to spot treat active termites, but uh, we should, we shall, I don't think. At least get you be, through a 60-day closing period, right? 
No, I don't think it'll work for that either because it's not a tried and true product for that. It's not yeah. some an industry standard spot treating or or tenting and stuff like that. So unfortunately, it won't work for that. But for personal purposes, I figured it's worth a try. Uh, preliminarily, it, it seems and it might be successful, but I'll report it back in, in maybe three or four months to see if we have a final verdict. Yeah, so, yeah. you ever spilt like fish sauce in your car? That's the worst. Oh my, that sounds awful. If yeah. you do, let me know. You can borrow this machine. Right. And I don't know if you're from the, you remember, you're pretty, you're too young for this, but I had to add this picture. I don't know if you know this guy. Who's that? He, his name is actually Ozone and he was from Breaking, a movie from the 80s. I had to add that in just because oh. of the, the 80s reference. But anyway, I digress and uh, let's move on to you. All right. All right, All right, people are interested in checking out Investing on the Mainland, my podcast, Simple Passive Cashflow, Passive Real Estate Investing. And you can also check out my book, The Journey to Simple Passive Cashflow. I think it's, uh, you can also check it out in simplepassivecashflow.com slash book. But uh, before we get to going through some of the hand selected uh, articles from this one, I got a lot of questions on this cost segregation bonus depreciation thing. Most investors know that we've been having it pretty good with 100% bonus depreciation since I think four years now. And this is the year, or next year is the first year it starts to trail off a little bit, going down to 80%, and then 2023, or 2024, 60%, then 40%, then 20%. And as most people get, they freak out. Ah, taking all my bonus depreciation away. But I think what people fail to realize, like the bonus part is just a portion of all the depreciation that they get. So... I thought I threw this in here. This is a little table depicting yeah. the regular depreciation versus the bonus part, which is the more aggressive written yeah. stuff off. And, and you're just basically front-loading that expense for time. Yeah, and right. so I think what people need to keep in mind too is, to your point, you're front-loading these this tax expense that will need to be potentially recaptured later. So for people who are trying to maximize it, that also means, in my mind, you should be maximizing the tax savings you get in terms of that's that's cash flow, and that means you should be maximizing your your cash accounts in terms of if it's if the savings that you received in year one just go into the checking account. Then what was the point in the in getting the the tax benefit right. of it? Yeah, for most investors that are not doing real estate professional status or rep status for short, getting this boatload of depreciation and or bonus depreciation does them little good other than makes them really giddy that they have several hundred thousand dollars of losses to offset any passive income that comes but there are i would say maybe 10 percent of investors that are doing a rep status strategy where they're aggressively using these losses to lower their income a lot of times it's high income earners guys in the 400s to million dollar range drive their DGI down. Those guys, they know what they're doing and they know that they, at some point they have to pay the piper or pay taxes because they run out of these losses. But you know, I, I think it's better to play it aggressive and pay no taxes today and see what happens in the future. But anyway, here we go. So this is talking about industrial investments. There's different asset classes out there, but just in the real estate world, which is what we focus on, multifamily, which are apartments, the industrial, retail, storefronts, shopping malls, self-storage. Right now, office is still pretty beat up. It's probably lagging the rest in, the, in terms of the market cycle. Probably won't recover for some time. That said, maybe the time is now to get good deals on that because it's not really too much heated. Apartments are hot right now. A bad thing. 
but it is it's hot because it's it's a commodity because people need a place to live right now to me like the best yields in comparison to normal averages or where things shake out industrials probably where the best yields are problem with industrials something changes in the way people do business like they decide to they find a way to ship things with autonomous cars or amazon just realizes we just don't want to need as much warehouse space can drastically change the market whereas that's what's nice about multifamily apartments people need a place to live especially on the low end which already online kind of talks about you know investing in class b and c workforce housing new construction of affordable units is not really financially feasible as most people will build when they build something new they always build it for class a luxury that's why i always i don't know why i always see this stuff but on like the social media channels like facebook there's all this chatter maybe, maybe i shouldn't talk about this thing that's political but people get all pissed off they're like why is there no affordable housing there is no affordable housing because it doesn't make sense if you're going to build something and go through all that pain and agony and cost you build it for the highest value add which is the class a and the thought process is the a's will push down the b's and b's the, the c's but you know I, I, this is why i invest in workforce housing because i think it it kind of goes to the underserved and that's where the the local authorities in over here are having to when they approve these large developments, they require that the developers include maybe twenty thirty percent of the the doors that they build need to be designated as reserved or affordable housing. Even at that, you're looking at these prices and it's like, wow! Some people even say it's say hundred twenty to hundred forty percent of the uh, median AGI, and it, that's still like really high for a lot of. Um, people, but to your point, there's still a disparity in terms of uh, what the developers would want to build ideally versus what I guess what is best for the community, for lack of better words. Yeah, they just do it because they have to. If not, they're going to pay. They're going right. to have their permits. I know yeah. a lot of those higher end ones. There's a lot of the higher end ones that just say screw it. We don't want to. We, we don't. We'll pay. We're like the Yankees. We'll pay the luxury tax to have all the best because we don't want any low income in our. Mm-hmm because that's what not what our tenants want or or people who buy the condos want. And that's I guess that's the way of doing it too. Like, the sad thing is there's all this and I heard of like that Bill Seven thing where what? they have money set aside for especially like building near the rail. But there was like in Hawaii there was like all that people were like oh, what's the word like giving people money for special treatment and they got all got in trouble and they ran his course and it made a super slow process even more slow and debilitating it's just man i grew up here but it kind of is a sh- it makes me very shameful to live in here when you compare like i was just in seattle last weekend and they built that light rail like nothing kind of on a fun tangent they're trying to find the next um site for our to dump our, our trash right the next landfill and there is a lot of a lot more relatively speaking land on the west side versus the central or east side but everyone's saying oh not in my backyard not in my backyard so i think out of the five to eight proposed sites by the committee they all got shut down because whoever various uh, obstacles and people saying the, the last landfill was on the west side so we shouldn't be bearing the burden of the whole island, which there may be, there's merit to that, but we got to put it somewhere. Yeah, I think we're getting old because, like, I heard a podcast recently talking about this stuff where, like, when people have more money and more leisure time, they actually are like a little bit more like aware of these things. We mm-hmm. start to like fixate on the problems, and then in actuality, life is pretty freaking good. Whereas, like, these small problems. It seems like it's getting worse and worse, but I just, I thought that was interesting. Anyway, I know you, I know you, you don't really care. 
either way. Just like memes. Or, okay, so what does it mean? What are we going to do? You know, what are we going to do, guys? We're going to put gray in our apartments and our houses. That's what we're going to do, guys. And that's what this article is talking about. Trendy colors and multifamily interior design. Now, these guys are talking more about the class A luxury stuff with blues and greens are widely to believe as calming and healing, while white stands out for purity. But when you're building class B or you're in class B and C workforce type of stuff, just use gray by Sherman Williams. Take it from us. Joint Center for Housing Studies from Harvard says that the federal interventions have helped stabilize households, balance sheets, and present, prevent widespread disbursements. They put in a lot of money to, that they put to tenants they didn't put on the streets. And looking two years later, I think they did a pretty good job. Now, a lot of these government handouts ended for tenants be like middle of last year because a lot of our property managers would help the tenants fill out these forms to get the money. But now it ended a while ago, but now we're seeing we're seeing a rush through the system now. And I think you're seeing foreclosures come up a little bit too. U.S. renters migrate for, towards feeder cities with Dallas suburbs among the biggest renter magnets. If people are watching on the channel, these green areas are the areas of movement for renter magnets. Uh, top 10 cities in Texas. Here's the bingo card. Irving, Lewis, Dallas, or Louisville, Dallas, Austin, Denton, Richardson, Plano, and Arlington, Grand Prairie, and Houston, Texas. Any winners? Inbound versus outbound migration. So you don't want to be... Ray, am I reading this right, Dean? You don't want to be at this, or you do want to be. So from the top down, South Dakota, Maine, North Dakota, Illinois, Nevada, Arkansas, Nebraska, Alabama, Colorado, Missouri, Tennessee, Kansas, Arizona, North Carolina. Top markets for new multifamily construction permits. From the top down, Austin, Nashville, Raleigh, Denver, Seattle, Salt Lake, Orlando, Jacksonville, Charlotte, Philadelphia. A couple points here. These are the places where seemingly the pros have deemed this good places for them to build. They will flood the market with supply. So one would think that, oh, if they're going to be more supply, there's going to be more competition. But maybe that there's an over there's a really huge need of supply. So I think you have to look at how these new units are absorbed into the absorbed, market. Yeah. So that's the second half of the story. So you cannot just say, oh, Austin, Nashville, Raleigh. So it's a good market because that's where people, that's where the pros are building. Or it's a bad market because that's where there's all this new stuff coming online. It's a little bit more complicated than that, but that's why we talk about this stuff. The year-over-year rent growth begins to slow. That does not mean that things are going backwards. It just means that we were running at 100 miles an hour and now we're cruising at 45. Good point. Everybody who wants to uh, sell your attention and have you click on their links as ClickBank will tell you, the economy is going backwards. Oh no. And doctor. Uh, Bloomberg reports that Blackstone says alternative investments are heading to your forward. So Blackstone is a big conglomerate that buys up a lot of alternative investments and they want to get into the uh, hands of you at home, but just know that they're going to take huge fees. The other day I was looking at all these companies, like I think it was American Express, they allow you to invest in the stock market through them or something like that. Or it's like people are creating like Robinhood, like platform, right? Like how, just like how there's Netflix, Amazon Prime, platforms for content. It's platforms to get you to buy into the stock market so they can make their micro pennies in every transaction is the name of the game. It's the modern day gold rush where the people who got rich with the Levi's people are people selling the tools for the gold. Blackstone's kind of getting into student housing a little bit uh, for the uh, 
built to rent stuff. I'm not a big fan of built to rent. I, I see it a lot out of there. A lot of people talk about it, but if anything, I'd be more interested in built to rent for students because students are less picky. Whereas the problem with these built to rents is that they're extremely boring, extremely boring. They almost look like housing projects for people buying a house. Typically want to feel proud over it, but it's hard to feel proud when it's the exact same thing as the other thousand, which is what these built to rent projects. And this is a, a, just a funny chart that like these assets have traded some of these seven times in the last like decade. So wow. this is kind of like the list of like people who went on multiple dates or different people. These assets, like a lot of these are in the very hot markets, right? So people are finding that, you know, they've maybe not doubled their money, but they've made 30, 40, 50% in just buying it. And then it just makes sense to unload the asset and go into two more. Is an example of just buy and hold because there's got to be a certain point where you value added it to death and there's not much more from that and you're just riding on the appreciation uptick versus doing any loss to lease rent or value add to the project. A lot of this is just merely if you hold on to an asset for like less than a few months, you'd be lucky to go through or rehab maybe 10 or 20 units, I'm guessing, which if these are, a lot of these are like 50 units to 160 unit property or there's some big oh. ones too if all six of the owners rehab 20 units then you'll get through it all but this is just showcasing the near buy hope and pray and it works in good markets and i think nobody nobody ever was sad that they sold with a gain and mm -hmm. sometimes it makes sense to do it but it's just showing the times the, like 2021 was just a phenomenal year and mm -hmm. 2022 is is looking like an amazing year as it is but really nothing huge comparison to 2021 are these the markets that you're in in terms of uh, size wise and number of units is that yeah it's all there your usual suspects right your phoenix mm -hmm. your atlanta your dfw mm -hmm. it's the one on the left the market like phoenix phoenix went up the rents went up 38 percent since the beginning cool. 38 when it really like for like underwriting 101 a market even a hot market goes up three percent per year so three times let's just call it three years it's nine percent but it's went up 38 percent so that's time to buy was yesterday and here's a little chart on occupancy and three bedrooms have been uh, uptick upticking so it's in the efficiency units of the studios were the ones that took a, a nosedive in terms of rents in the beginning of the pandemic. My guess is because the people living there just roomed up with somebody else when times got tough or moved in with their parent. Oh, but now that came up recently. Um, I'm thinking you needed that extra rooms for your home office because you're working from home or something. Yeah, or maybe they, they went up to a one-bedroom. That might be happening too, but people want more units or more yeah. rooms. And I think yeah. part of this is like people who shouldn't be living in single family homes that can't afford it are having to go to three bedroom apartments. But yeah, if people are interested in joining our mastermind group, go to simplepassivecashflow.com slash journey. If you guys have any other comments, suggestions, questions, topics, you can email us. Anything else to close us out, Dean? I'm just happy Cinco de Mayo and happy Boys Day to everyone. And um, always negotiate in good faith. Yes, and do not use the ozone in your room. It is similar to sucking the air out of your gas pipe. So please do not do that. You have to always say things like that. Thank you, everybody. See you next time. Aloha. Yeah. Bye. A free real estate investing group 
check out reialoha.com. Just two local guys with so much to say. So listen to the real estate brothers today. Hey, just some legal stuff here. Although these two brothers are pretty knowledgeable and have over 2,100 rental units and own over $160 million worth of real estate, the preceding are only ideas and not to be taken as legal, tax, or financial advice, okay? You should always seek the professional advice of other professionals on your team and think for yourself and do your own due diligence, okay? Aloha.